listening to Bridge Between Worlds Radio. Transporting you like the Tesseract outside time, time, space, the physical universe. And here is your host from another universe, H.E. Jumboy. Radio. Good evening, I'm your host. My name is Sean Doucette, and um, the topic for this evening is giving your heart to Fubi Quance, who is the inner Magabma. The inner being Fubi Quance, and the outer being Heather Chamboy. And um, there might be some who are new to the path. Um, I have a lot to share this evening and hopefully I can just let it flow uh, we'll see how that goes and um, so the reason I cho- that chose this topic is because it's so important um, our relationship with the inner Magatma is really uh, crucial um, our relationship with all the Varden Masters can be really helpful for, with any Varden Master that you share a connection with but in particularly the inner Magatma Varden Master and even the outer Varden Master, so we need both. And so this is a, a big topic. So Fubi Quance is the head of the Katsapuri Monastery, I believe in northern Tibet, which is one of the Golden Wisdom Temples. Um, I think it, it's the first volume of the Shariat Jure. And Fubi Quance is a, has a very divinely loving and wise presence and he talks slowly and I've had um, you know when I think of Fubi Quance I remember certain experiences or, or methods that I would use uh, for a while which was he has a very healing kind of presence I imagine like a white light um, and just like a very pure healing white light like purity I would just think of this idea of purity when I think of Fubi Quance, and this would bring a very healing light. And so without breaking the law of silence, I mean, I tried not to break the law of silence, but um, but those, that's one of the things that stands out to me is uh, his purity. And um, we can connect with Fubi Quance. We, we can look at a picture of Fubi Quance at his face into his eyes. <clears throat> and um, we can use our, you know, it's like gazing into the eyes of the master. By doing that, we form a sort of, well, there's different reasons to do it. One is um, if you place the master's image on the tisser till in your third eye, then it can be a sort of protection or a matrix to filter out the negative things as they enter in or go out of your mind and so you can use it as a kind of a matrix of protection and you can also use it to go into the higher worlds more easily by gazing into the eyes of the master and when you do that you receive this you receive the master's divine love you just open yourself to it and you can use your knowingness to know that the master sees into your heart of hearts or your your true self as soul and so any resistance that you may have could pop up sometimes and you just use that knowingness to know that the master sees through all that and that's not you and 
And um, you know, when we practice the presence of the Master, it's different for all Varda Masters because they're all different. With Fubi Quants, it's very like a serene, divine, uh, loving energy, I find. And we can uh, have a telepathic communication with the Master. And so you can sense, you can ask Fubi Quants what, you know, what is, what does, um, what does he want you to do, or what's the best thing to contemplate or consider, what are my next steps. And so this relationship with uh, Fubi Quants, the inner Magatma, is really crucial, or I should say, um, essential, <laughs> and so. Uh, we can have a reciprocal relationship with the Varden Master, and because, especially when we're starting out, they're, you know, they're the givers of divine love, and so we're, we're receiving a lot in the beginning, especially. Uh, mostly in the beginning, we're doing a lot of receiving, and after time, we build up this power so that we're able to, to give more. Um, but that gratitude or that ability to receive seems to happen a lot from gratitude. So this reciprocal relationship with the Masters is so important. And, you know, we're moved by their divine love, but they're also moved by our gratitude. So it's sort of like to move and be moved via the Varden. You know, the Varden is the most moving force spiritually. It's not psychic. And it's very, uh, we can be very moved by it. And with our gratitude, we can also move the masters. So we do have a lot of power. It's just how we use it. And, you know, the more, more gratitude we have, it's sort of like you know, we engender sufficient love for the living Varda Master or Magatma. And this helps to free us or liberate us from the lower worlds. It's essentially our connection. Because the, the Magatma connects us with the audible life stream. The audible life stream being the Vardhan, and it has different sounds at different levels. And, um, and these sounds will help to draw us upwards. And uh, it'll also help to heal us spiritually so that we can separate from these lower bodies and be spiritually free. And so we have um, love, power, wisdom, and freedom. And uh, love being the most important one because it's the easiest to understand, I think. And so we're really like transmorphic beings. We're part karmic in nature. We're partly karmic in nature, and we're partly divine in nature. I'd say we're most mostly divine in nature. But the, the you know the reality of the hue ray is the one we're trying to realize and overcome all these illusions in the lower worlds. And um, you know, gratitude is kind of like a doorway where you you open yourself up to receive. And then this divine love flows into you, and it flows through the Varda Master. So, in a sense, we have a reciprocal relationship with the Masters, just with our gratitude. In a sense, um, we can also give divine love, but mostly with the Varda Masters, when we have gratitude, we're we're having a reciprocal relationship with them. And so, I've learned how important that is after being in Vardhankar for a while, and just understanding the role of gratitude and what it really is, and it really, in its essence, I, I would say it's, it's um, just being open, more open to receive the Vardhan uh, from the Vardhan Masters, and uh, from the Vardhan, from the Hure, the Magatma. Um, and there might be some who don't even uh, know what Vardhankar is, who are listening for the first time, and I apologize. But Vardhankar is the ancient science of soul travel. And the goals of Vardhankar are um, 
self-realization on the fifth plane and um, God-realization on the tenth and twelfth planes and to be a co-worker with the Hu-Ray and to become a, potentially a Varden Master. Um, but in the beginning we're a co-worker with the Margatma. The Margatma is our our bread, our spiritual bread. And so um, so a lot is given when one enters the path of Vardhankar, a lot is already given to us. And so it's interesting because in the beginning we're a seeker, we're seeking something, we're seeking God. And we may not even know that we're seeking and it's interesting because you go from being a seeker to a non-seeker. In a way we're still seeking but but not really because when we enter Vardhankar everything is given to us and it's a matter of knowingness like a, you know building up our knowingness and recognition recognizing what we already have in a sense and the more that we recognize it the more we can appreciate it and have gratitude and so forth and and so we're building up this spiritual strength uh, through the spiritual exercises and the contemplation and all the fundamentals that really build up our spiritual strength over time and the more aware we are of all these things, the more I think we can benefit from them. And so, <laughs> there's a, there can be a lot to remember. It's actually, this, the path is so simple, and yet there's so many things that are valuable to remember, that sometimes we're lacking in one area, you know, we're weak in one area and strong in another area. So, there's certain things that are helpful to remember, certainly. I know my memory isn't always the best, and so I'm sometimes, you know, I, and I trust the Varden will bring me what I need, but if the Varden has already brought you certain answers, it's kind of like, well, it's up to you to remember it <laughs> sometimes. And I think that's why writing things down is helpful. You know, keeping a journal has been helpful. I've, um, I actually started writing these Varden cards, which is just these, like, cards where I'd write down, like, three notes per card. And just things that I felt the Varden wanted me to remember. And so it actually is really helpful. But then my stack got really big. And there are about 50 cards in it. And so it's kind of hard to remember everything in there. So what do you do when your stack keeps getting bigger? Um, <laughs> and so recently I started consolidating. I started doing these little booklets. Uh, instead of like, you know, writing out more cards. So I'll do like three notes per card and then I put a little heading on the card. And I figured, you know, most of it, when you flip through it, I realized most of it I've kind of integrated or I understand it. But there's still some things that are really stand out as being valuable to remember. And so that's why I, I do these little booklets. So like I do one, two, maybe three little booklets that kind of consolidate things and um, help me to remember the important things because you don't have to physically look at it even even if you just remember what you wrote down in your mind or remember that you did the booklet and but anyways um, on the subject of gratitude it's kind of like um, you know someone mentioned we can become gratitude and that is really powerful um, that's a really powerful thing <laughs> it's like we can create a mold and and basically, you know, once we convince our subconscious of something, then it becomes second nature to us. And so basically, you know, when we, when we keep reminding ourselves over and over again of something, we tend to, it tends to become second nature. So if we convince ourselves that we are gratitude, that that's natural to who we are, then our subconscious will believe it. And then we don't have to put as much effort into being grateful for each little thing, which just becomes like a natural thing. And that can be very helpful in my experience and opinion. And so this subject of building strength uh, through the exercises, um, basically we're building the strength spiritual strength well first of all what is spiritual strength it's like it's like the strength of knowingness in a way but it's more than that um in 
in one of Paul G.'s books, or Paul Twitchell's books, he wrote about, or Rebbe Zartars mentioned, the Tuza Shatoma energy. So we're literally, literally building up like a spiritual Varden force that helps us to leave our bodies and bilocate. And that helps us a lot with, with um, soul travel, which is something that we do, and contemplation, and with spiritual experiences and and of course we need the initiations and all the fundamentals but um, and the initiations help to build up that strength as well and on the subject of um, you know unwinding our karma it's something that happens more and more uh, as we serve more and participate more in the Varden stream and so it's really something I think that happens more after the second initiation but you know, as long as you move forward, then you start to unwind this karma. And, um, you know, patience with yourself means loving yourself. And it's something that's I've had to try to understand. Like, what does it mean to love yourself? If we're not, if we're not our lower bodies, then how do we love ourselves as soul? And um, I guess it's kind of, it might be paradoxical. I don't know. But there's a, a technique that I use, which is just to send telepathic, telepathically, excuse me, telepathically send love to yourself. And it could touch your lower bodies, but basically, you know, it's like you're getting in touch with your soul self and connecting and, you know, um, giving love to yourself. And it could end up loving the lower bodies a little bit, but... You know, the whole idea is that um, we're kind to ourselves because there's really no reason to judge ourselves and persecute ourselves because we're going to go through, you know, unwind some of our karma and deal with certain issues that maybe are uncomfortable. But um, it's just a patience and um, and remembering what the desire is. I think the two most powerful ingredients or attitudes you could say is desire for God and not giving up um, not giving up being the powerful one I think most people I think what I've heard is most people fail just because they walked away from the path um, apparently that's what I've heard so so that is mainly because it's it's the most difficult path but it's the most direct path and really, why, why is it so difficult? It's only because we have to face ourselves to some degree or overcome certain attachments, really. It's the five passions of the mind or, or the thing that try to keep us on a lower tier of life. And they pull us down. And usually it's attachment, you know. Um, I think Alan G. said anything in moderation is basically okay. We can still live our lives. We don't actually lose anything. It's the story of the cliffhanger who has only falls four inches. And it's a good story because, you know, I feel like it's true. I feel like we don't really lose anything, but we may lose some some things in the lower worlds. Over time, that may grow or change. But I think it never really, you know, to me feels like I'm losing anything that I don't need or that I need. I'm gaining things I need and I'm losing things I don't need. So that's that's how it seems um, from my perspective. But um, it's the Varden perspective, you know. To see things from a higher viewpoint, it's sometimes totally different from how we see things at the human level. And the human consciousness is full of so many traps, um, you know, to be good or to be bad and shaming yourself and things like this which is kind of pointless really um because they say you know we've we've all been everything and done everything the good and the bad so <laughs> what's the point of uh shaming ourselves so anyway so one of the other reasons that we build spiritual strength is when we practice the presence of the master it helps to build a stronger presence and so we're building up this connection with the inner 
and or outer margatma and then with that connection we become a stronger force uh, or vehicle for the Varden and the Varden it's the most powerful force in the universe and it's so subtle which is interesting because we're used to power being displayed in a very physical or even a psychic way because that's what disturbs us the most but the most powerful force is the most essential force and even though it seems subtle at first over time you start to realize how powerful it is and I think that goes hand in hand with that knowingness and recognition knowing that this is this is more native to who you are you know it comes from the God worlds and so getting in touch with the higher sounds can be very helpful and spiritually healing and so there's different kinds of healing you know just because just like there's different kinds of strength we have different kinds of healing so we have strength in the physical way or we have like emotional strength or mental strength and then we have spiritual strength and so they're all very different and so that's why imagination is so powerful in Vardhankar. It's more powerful than willpower, although we still need willpower, um, but imagination tends to trump willpower. And so we're getting good at using our imagination for different things and our knowingness, such as creating a mold, like what do we want to be in this moment or what do we want to become we're sort of using the law of assumption to determine our direction because we're creating a mold, you know. And so um, I think it's ideal to really use that mold making. So I think Paul G. described mold making as like it's a combination of feeling, thought, imagination, and knowingness. And so when you combine all these things, and we do it kind of naturally, but it's like when you use your whole being, you know, sort of like, sort of like when you just take a deep breath in, you can kind of naturally get a sense of what that might be, but it's invisible. It's completely invisible. And there are times where, there are times where you might be out busy in the streets or like busy talking to people or something and and we start to feel weak and then we start to get these n negative feedback like from our mind and stuff because we're not feeling very strong in that moment and so it's helpful to really um, form a mold but also to lean on that mold throughout the day whenever you need to because the mold creates a, a different kind of a balance it's like a it's something that comes more from knowingness and so it's more of a spiritual balancing force you know because there, there are often things that we use in the lower worlds to create balance and those are usually based on physical things things that aren't based things that aren't real you know it's not based on the spiritual but uh, not to say we don't need these other things too we might need a combination of things but and from my own own experience, I've noticed that when I lean on this mold uh, various times, um, maybe because in that moment it's difficult to use the mind to do a certain exercise. And so we have like a toolbox of these exercises. But if you're going at a balance, you might feel like it's not easy to uh, use those tools in that moment for whatever reason. And And so the mold really comes into play because you're using pretty much all of your being in a sense your knowingness but especially your knowingness and imagination just to basically recenter yourself uh, in, in God or whatever mold that you've created and the mold can be used for spiritual goals um, in particular like self-realization and God-realization and um, and so basically, leaning on this at various times, it'll bring you back into a state of balance where these other tools can be more helpful. 
Because it's easier to do spiritual exercises when you feel balanced. And that's my opinion. Or my experience, anyway. And so this definitely helps with, you know, practicing the presence of the Master. Because if you create a mold, then it's like you're more glued together. You have more balance, and then you can, you can chant uh, charged words or gaze at the image of the Master. And you just feel more balanced, and therefore there's there's more uh, power or more more of an effect um, and so there's a book called Pres uh, Practicing the Presence by Brother Lawrence who is like a Christian saint uh, someone told me about this book and I read some of it and um, it took him about four years to get to a point where he could practice the presence of God or in his case, it might have been, you know, the Brahman of the lower gods. But a Varnakar god is um, is the Hure, who is at a much higher plane. And so, but the point is, you know, it takes time. There's obstacles and there's also testing. And so being patient is helpful. And that brings another subject to mind, which is one that I find really important, which is effort, effortless effort. Because there's a chance that we can push too hard. And of course not trying hard enough is obvious. But pushing too hard can also be one that we don't recognize. Simply because we're trained to use our willpower a lot. And so it's really the right amount of effort. It's like the story of the turtle and the hare. You know the turtle beats the hare in a race. Because he's just going forward. He's just going at a smooth pace doesn't look like he's going very fast or he's doing much the whole point is that he's just moving forward even though it's slow the point is is um, he's taking his next steps and so we ask ourselves what does God what does God want for me in this moment and what is my next step and that can be very important um, if we if we don't acknowledge that next step part sometimes we don't realize that we're not moving forward <laughs> and so moving forward is really important if we're not moving forward sometimes we're moving backward uh, not really I don't know if I should say that but but there's a real and that's not just an urban myth about the turtle and the hare if you look it up on YouTube these people set up a race with the turtle and a rabbit and the turtle won the race <laughs> which is really funny because it's not just a myth. I mean, the turtle beat the, the hare because the hare, he just got distracted by the audience and he was like all scared. <laughs> and the turtle just kept going forward. And so, point is not to be discouraged by anything and just, you know, moving forward doesn't mean you don't have to be perfect when you do it. It's just a step. <clears throat> and when we do make a mistake, we get up and we try again. And, um, I think anyone who's had success in Varnakar will tell you that, is that they've made mistakes and and they had to basically try again. And so mold making is a big thing. Hopefully we'll become mold making experts. Mold growing out of our eyes and ears and nose and and um no, just kidding. Um, different kind of mold. <laughs> a mold where, you know, you choose the shape. You're basically choosing the shape you want. And the shape is reality. It's the true reality, the reality of the Hure. And um, all the things that align with the spiritual goals of Vardhankar. And so, um, you know, there'll be days, you know, the reason effortless effort is so important is because there's days where we're inspired, and then there's days where we're not as inspired. And so we have to rely more on discipline on those days where we're not as inspired, you know. Sort of like we go back and forth. There'll be days where we're inspired and then we'll days where we need more discipline. We just push ourselves in spite of uh, the obstacle. And so... Um, and it becomes a choice, you know. Do we want to be part of the animal and human kingdom or the God's kingdom? I mean, so there's like there's a social consciousness in this world, which is always trying to push us off the spiritual path, and that's one of the great things that intimidates people. I think is 
is the fact that we're kind of the antithesis to the social consciousness which is kind of a weak consciousness I think in my opinion it's sort of it's like when you know you have this pop popular ideas popular things that are dominating the social consciousness or the group mind and then um, you have certain individuals <laughs> that are more um, I guess um, inclined to believing it just because they haven't put as much thought into their own like what their real opinions are and what they what they really think and that's why you know it's in Vardhankar we learn to think for ourselves and we learn to develop our own opinions and our own understanding of life based on all these fundamentals and contemplating and so our idea or ideal should be more powerful than all these social ideas and things that are pushed upon us like fear things about fear because you know there's a lot of fear in the world and and we need something stronger <laughs> and the Varden the Varden is stronger it's much, it's very most powerful force in the universe and there are ways of learning um, you know why there's there'll be things that reasons that we learn that it's the most powerful force so we'll just just by being observant you know when we're a vehicle in our own environment or however we can notice changes that happen and we don't take credit for it because we're a vehicle for this Varden and so we're we're just a channel for it and it flows through us into the world and it makes changes and so we don't have to be too desirous of changes as it says in the Sharia we just become a vehicle for this force which works through us and it uplifts us and others at the same time and we start working off our own karma and others might start working off their karma too and it's interesting uh, to observe um, and then you know it's like with practicing the presence there's different ways of doing it too um, another way is telepathy like for instance if you're if you have an appointment or you're going somewhere and you have certain experiences which might have been or let's say that you're going somewhere and um, you know maybe you had some past experiences that weren't so great but you can change it telepathy is, is, is um, a great way to uh, it's like mood setting because the Varden is like a mood in a sense you know it's this divine force and before you go somewhere you can set the mood with telepathy there's so much you can do actually um, but telepathy is amazing and um, it's really the greatest way to communicate because also you're you're sending some of that Varden through uh, to whoever is receptive to it and you'll find that when you go places after doing that the mood setting or Varden setting she could say <laughs> um, that you're received differently sometimes it's like they expected you because you're setting the mood and yeah and you show up and you're just kind of carrying that fragrance so something that I think isn't important for the individual is uh, to fit the path to you rather than you trying to fit into a path or or some other method and that's why in Vardhankar we have a lot of different techniques and methods and it's like the path is different for every individual so for everybody it's a little bit different and the techniques you use and how you reach your goals can be different um, according when uh, according to Paul G and other Varden masters and like you know the path has changed over the centuries and it used to be completely different it's disguised behind whatever is the cultural um, tradition usually but when we leave, live in a more free society we have the opportunity to be more open about it and, and then the path changes and so fitting the path to you really is um we that's why we create our own molds and um 
and then there was examples in my past where I'd tried other paths that weren't right for me and the method wasn't right for me you know it, it involved meditating for like hours and hours a day and it was actually very very difficult one of, one of those paths was a light and sound path it was different than Vardenkar because it was an offshoot of Vardenkar and eventually I realized that the reason why I didn't never quite surrendered to that path as much as I could have was because it was lacking something and so eventually I would start listening to Alan G's talks more and more and I realized that you know what what was lacking in this other path was present in Vardhankar and and some of that had to do with the wisdom and how things were explained uh, some of it and I can't break the law of silence there's other things too which you know I can't break the law of silence but um, but basically, you know, like this other path, it felt like I was walking into a different culture. <laughs> and where, you know, um, I was doing this method that was really strained my mind and body a lot. And then I ha you had to be a strict, strict vegan, which, um, again, was difficult for me personally. And so there was a lot of these uh, things that were just like... Um, you know, like trying to push my body this way and that way. But in Varnakar, it's very, very simple. It's actually amazingly simple. It's it's the most direct path, and they say it's the most hardest path. But it's, um, I think that's just because we face ourselves. But really, it's easier to surrender than to not surrender. <laughs> in a sense, like, um, it's easier to surrender because then the path becomes, you know, a doable. It's doable for every individual. Um, I think one of the biggest struggles in Vardhankar for the individual is just overcoming wrong thinking. And that's why attitudes play such a big role in um, surviving the path, because really we're changing our thinking. So the attitude is a part of our thinking. So when we have right thinking, we're making the best use of thought, in a sense. And wrong thinking leads to suffering, uh, or I guess unnecessary suffering. Um, and so when we realize that, then a lot of the path has to do with changing our thinking, which is, you know, some, some people have said that's like the hardest thing to do, is to just change how you think. And I think that's true. It's like... Um, it's like harder than bending steel, some people say. <laughs> I think Alan G said that. And, um, you know, because our mind runs, runs in grooves. And so it's difficult to change that. But it's the difference between, um, you know, having joy in what you're doing and, and not, I think. So we come up against all these like illusions and engrams that seem to get in the way, and I think it throws a lot of people. Uh, sometimes it throws people off the path, I think. And because we come up against all these illusions, and and I guess that comes between oneself and the master, and the Huri and Varden. And so, one thing that I've done. Personally, it's just uh, like a method. You could call it a technique, but really, it's more of an, an a knowingness that the master sees your true heart of hearts or soul. He sees into you as soul, and when we know that, then we're in a position of receiving this divine love and breaking through. Um, these engrams or illusions that might come in between us, but it's sort of like you know my true soul, my true self, you know, and knowing that, using that knowingness as a tool to just know that the master sees the true self, which is divine, which is a divine spark of the hue ray. And so um, when it comes to the subject of moving forward, it's like um, we can ask ourselves, what kind of a breakthrough do I want?
you know, how do I get to them? Sometimes there's obstacles, like how do I get to the next step? There's like this obstacle in the way and um, you can ask yourself, what kind of a breakthrough do I want? And make a mold and use your knowingness. And, um, and know that also the Varden, if it's what the Varden wants you to do, then the Varden will also help you to do it. And so we don't, we don't have to do everything ourselves. We have to do some things ourselves in the physical world. Like if we have to learn to speak and write or do these sorts of things, it takes practice. But the Varden will also help us and support us, uh, particularly when we ask for help. And asking for help is another big one. Um, on the inner, if you go on the inner and ask for help, that's actually one of the the crucial things uh, concerning surrender, the idea of surrendering. Which is obviously different than, you know, the old idea of surrendering, like in a battle. Like, don't surrender to the enemy. Um, but um, it's really surrendering your own will to that of God's will. And, um, oh, there was a quote I wanted to read, actually, from um, the Shariat. I'll just read it. I was going to read it sooner, but I forgot. So, the living Varda Master always brings light and love into this world, so that all men shall profit by them. Not just his own followers, but the world of itself. Each of those who follow him should be caught up in the fire of his love. This love brings in each like a tiny flame, then begins to consume them until they love all because it is life, and life is God. This is known as the holy fire. When the chela catches the spirit of the Vardhan, he immediately becomes fire to serve it. He is burning with the fever of the holy fire within himself, the Vardhan driving him on mercilessly toward fulfilling his destiny in this world. He becomes ruthless in his striving to get out the message to others and may be considered a missionary of the Varden. This holy fire is a burning love for all things, all people, and all life. It is the love of God seen in the smallest blade of grass or in the eyes of a newborn babe. It is the love of God stirring in soul to find itself, to give away everything which is holding it back materially in this physical world. It is ready to give up all the mental qualms, emotions, attachments to anything in this material plane. It cannot help itself. It is a babe in the power of the Lord. Everything but God is the anti-Varden, and it considers all as its enemy unless it is a part of what he knows as the Varden. The holy fire of Varden is principally the love of God which has taken over the person who has surrendered himself to the living Varden Master and found that this is the only path to complete liberation. The word surrender may be insufficient. It is not to be confused with its worldly connotation. It is that the Chilad fully trusts the Master in every department of his life. He trusts his spiritual interests in the hands of the living Varden Master. And that's from Chapter 7, The Transcendence of Love, uh, from Shariat Gihure, Book 1. And, um, as you may know, the, the Sharia books are really, um, the most important books in Vardhankar. And they carry the highest vibration. But all the Vardhankar books are amazing. Um, I love Alan G's books, Heather G's books, and Paul Twitchell's books. There's really so much to contemplate. And, um, all the talks, pretty amazing. And so Vardhankar is a pretty unique path, and you know when you compare it, there's really no comparison to anything else. Even though other paths have something in common with Vardhankar, really, Vardhankar is just, you just can't really compare it to anything. And I think that's why a lot of people just look right past it. <laughs> it's almost invisible to so many people. And so whoever shows up in Vardhankar is like a chosen, is basically chosen. If you choose yourself, if you if you believe that um, it is the right path for you, um, and everyone has to make that decision themselves individually, 
and that's really important too is making that decision and you know the first two years you have two years to kind of decide if the path is right for you um, and it's a big it's a big decision but you know it's um, you know making that decision is really important and so we go from being a seeker like a God seeker to a, a non seeker because everything is given to us. And so, if we're not seeking, then what are we doing in Varnakar? Where we're basically, we're being, you know. Soul has knowingness, seeingness, and beingness. And so, we're using these faculties of soul as much as we can and to build up the strength of soul so it can leave its body and reach these higher states and goals and hear the higher sounds and be one with the Vardhan and just be one with our beingness and all of the things that that go with the path are really aspects of our beingness in a sense like and you know when I mention effortless effort that's bec the reason why that's important is because it harmonizes with our beingness when we're using our imagination and not forcing our willpower and things like that not over overusing it you know not not using anything excessively in the physical or psychic worlds but relying as much as we can on our knowingness and mold making and and still living our lives uh, basically normally with the addition of um, other things spiritual things and so it becomes, um, um, you know, kind of, it could be a sublime experience if we learn this beingness of soul. It can really uh, change our lives completely, even though it's so subtle. And um, But we can see the changes that are made, and we can be excited that we're, you know, chosen to be a vehicle for the Varden. I personally, I, fi I find it's an honor to to serve the Varden and it you know if it becomes a joy and that's much much better you know at first there might be discipline but over time when you realize that you know if this is your life then it should be a joy and I think I think joy is the natural state of soul so it's really just understanding the soul's natural state of beingness the fact that it's happy and content and joyful and all these things that we do are really harmonious with our true self, our true state. And so we don't need to feel intimidated by moving forward or anything like that or, you know, doing certain things because in my experience I find that things only happen when they're meant to happen. And that goes along with uh, divine timing. You know, let's say you decide you wanted to do something. It'll happen in the right time. So you don't have to force it. The Varden, the Varden will move at whatever pace that you're ready for, and that's my experience. Um, it really, once you relax into the knowingness, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. You know, your lower bodies might suffer, and that brings me back to another thing. Um, when I was talking about gratitude, I also wanted to mention that there's different manifestations of gratitude so if we're gra grateful for the Varden Masters and the path and Fubi Kwans um, for being the inner Mergatma and then there's other ways to express this gratitude like maybe we don't have the spiritual strength we want yet or we don't we're not aware of that strength yet and so we practice gratitude in different ways you know there's uh, service there's coin and there's suffering and so sometimes we'll be able to serve this way or that way. But, you know, if we can't feel like we can't serve, then we can always suffer for God. You know, if we are suffering, we can serve for God. And it counts. It really does count. Um, there's always a way. And there's always a way to outflow. Paul G. talked about this, and which is really interesting. Is Let's say you're listening to music, even... And it's sort of like loving, It cha you might change your perspective on, you know, how you listen to music or how you 
watch a movie because the people involved with the art you know they're the ones that you're giving your love to so you're not loving the art so much as the artist if you love the art too much it might be more calistic but if you love the artist then it's like you're outflowing so it's really kind of mind-blowing because we can actually outflow in all these there's always a way to outflow we can outflow in the inner or in the outer and um, there's always a way <laughs> in Vardenkar really there is there's always a way and so um, hmm, I'm not sure how long this talk has been yet so um, but it's a very exciting path and um, I don't want to beat a dead horse I think I've mentioned everything that I've wanted to say um, but there's there's a lot of things to learn and you know there's childlike expectation so if it doesn't seem like things are happening sometimes it's the attitude or it's just the way we're approaching an exercise and we can get good at these things and, and we'll learn a lot of things along the way for our toolbox and well, I think that's everything. Um, well, I appreciate you listening. Um, thanks for listening. I appreciate it a lot. And um, have a great night. Barak Bashad. May the blessings be. And we want to say uh, thanks for listening to Bridge Between Worlds Radio. Have a great night.